The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here, along with my co-host, Joe Truini. And yes, you're at the right place for the most practical, realistic, most current home improvement information you'll find anywhere. We've got a lot of things to share with you. Matter of fact, in this hour, we're going to talk about nail pops. Nope, not the ones on the wall, but we're having a little problem with nail pops on a hardwood floor. There are ways to correct that. We'll share that with you. Also, proper painting of an exterior door. You know, exterior doors really get a lot of influence from Mother Nature, and it can really make it look bad. You don't want your front door to look bad or your back door to look bad. You want it to be nice and and attractive and welcoming to anybody that might be coming over to visit. Also, we're going to give some insulation tips for your crawl space, different ways that you have to do things when you're in a crawl space to make sure you're getting full advantage of that insulation. Also, we've got a lot of great emails. We appreciate all of those. And Joe, of course, share with us a, a little bit about the simple solution we're going to hear a little bit later in this hour. You know, we're all in this time of year where everyone's looking to grow grass. Well, sometimes on your property, grass grows where you don't want it to. So I have a simple solution how to take care of that problem with cardboard. Oh, extremely timely because everybody's starting, well, not everybody, but those in certain areas of the country that are starting to warm up a little bit. Well, the weeds seem to be the thing that uh, grow the quickest. That's right. Of course. Look look forward to hearing all about that. Hey, we want to hear from you, and we try to make it as easy as possible by pick up the phone. 800-946-4420 is the Today's Homeowner Hotline. Again, 800-946-4420, or you can send us an email anytime. Todayshomeowner.com slash ask. There's also a lot of other things that we have going on that we don't mention a lot, but we would encourage you to check us out on TikTok. I'm, you know, a lot of people are involved in that. Of course, it's a bit controversial right now, but uh, what we're putting out is the same kind of information we put out across the Today's Homeowner Company, and that is practical, realistic home improvement advice. So check that out. Also, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, of course, todayshomeowner.com, YouTube, uh, Facebook, podcast, all kinds of things we have going. You can find out all about it by going to todayshomeowner.com. Joe, apparently the simple solutions, no surprise here. Everybody loves the simple solutions. But I just heard from our webmaster that um, one simple solution where you showed everybody how to clean baseboards, which sounds kind of dull and mundane, but, man, it is something that works really, really well. And right now you have over nine hundred thousand views on TikTok and over 1.6 million views on our Facebook page. This is a a great example where, yeah, you know, people watch these things. It's like watching some of the other um, home improvement shows. You know, yeah, maybe there's a little entertainment there. Maybe there's a little, you know, amusement. But when you're really looking for practical, realistic um, um, content, it shows that it still holds up very well. So congratulations on that tremendous viral video you did. Oh, well, well, thank you very much. I mean, it's always surprising. I've been, I've been producing, shooting these simple solutions, producing them on it with, for the Today's Homeowner TV show, and then we share them on the radio for over 20 years. And so they're what, like 550th posted yeah. online right now? Yeah. And you never know. 
You never mm-hmm. know what people are going to gravitate toward, what's going to... I remember one of the highest rated ones, I think, of just the last couple of years was using white nail polish in the workshop. That's right, like when, yeah. When I, when I saw that simple solution, I wanted to shoot it for the TV show. I thought it was kind of cool, but who would have guessed? Or even cleaning baseboards. You know, who yeah, knew that I was that it. big of a problem? So yeah, you never know, which is why we just put out as much information as we possibly can, because you never know who's going to find it useful. And, you know, we also realize that some people um, are going to get their home improvement information like you are right now, listening to the radio and listening to shows like ours that are answering questions and sharing with you things that we're finding out about. But then, you know, you have you have the people that love Facebook, you have the people that love websites, you you know, and hopefully you love our television show and join us each week on our television show across the country. But that's what we do. We want to put it out there in different platforms, different ways so that you can get everything you need. And I'll tell you, we really appreciate you spending the time, uh, whether it's here on the Today's Homeowner Radio Show or wherever. When you visit with us, we really appreciate it. We keep up with all of it and track everything. We also track the things that you want to hear here on the show. A lot of that information comes from the emails we get. Uh, We're always looking at trending zone, uh, different different trends that are out there that we want to, you know, share with you and get you up to date on different things. So don't hesitate to reach out to us again, 800-946-4420, or send us an email, todayshomeowner.com slash ask. Hey, Joe, I'm kind of going through, it seems like a little bit of a second childhood here. Really? What is that because I, I, of the grandkids? Well, well, I think that's what's spawning it certainly. But I'm, um, I'm, um, I have I'm putting up um, as soon as the show's over with an right. awesome basketball goal. I used oh, to great. love basketball. Yeah, but I, I had to get one that was adjustable so that I could bring it down for the grandkids down to I guess so you can eight so you can show off your dunking skills. Yeah, then I can dunk at, a little at six bit. foot high. I get it. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Push um, Gus out of the way and dunk over him. But but so many of those that adjust like that are rickety and rackety. Yeah. I found one that actually is kind of like the ones they have in the gym that's got a crank handle that you can put it exactly wherever you want it. So I don't think I've ever seen that. I'm going to be setting that uh, base um, in a little bit and uh, good um, using the red bag, the fast setting concrete, concrete quick yeah. read and, and get that base in. And then I can assemble the rest of it. And uh, the kids are coming down this weekend. So um, me and the kids will be shooting, <laughs> shooting a little basketball on, on Sunday. Hopefully well, I want to, I want to see a photograph of your grandson, Gus hanging on the rim and you can crank it, <laughs> crank it up to like 10 feet. He so would do ba- that, he would do <laughs> that sure very quickly. Yeah. So the base itself is separate from the, like the gold post and then you, well, you but, cement but, that in the ground? Yeah, because they all, it all comes in a box, you know, and instead yeah, of putting yeah. one of those with the wheels that you roll around that are so yeah. rickety. Fill it um, with I, sand or water yeah, or something. And I'm yeah. putting this right in concrete Beautiful. and then you, bo- then you bolt the other parts of it you know, to get the height out of it. But mm-hmm. it's funny how they can put it all in. A, this box looks like it's maybe four foot by four foot and they have everything in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, except have, the have basketball. Have they figured out a way to keep Amazon from backing into it? <laughs> well, no, we'll, didn't work we'll for see your mailbox. I'm, I'm just I'm wondering. Putting, I'm putting it over to the side there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, hopefully we'll be immune to the FedEx drivers and their um, aggressive ways there. <laughs> yeah. I've had my I've had my share of that. But but also buying a basketball. You know, I wanted a really good basketball. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you know, I go online and looking at it and so forth. There's about 30 basketballs. You know, wow. the, the colored basketballs. You know, different red, white, and blues and greens yeah, and reds. Yeah. And then you have indoor basketballs and outdoor basketballs. Oh, I didn't realize. Know? 
that. Okay, okay. didn't realize that. Yeah. And then, wait a minute. What do you mean different sizes? You mean there's different sizes, basketballs? Yeah. So there's a number five, sizes, a number six, yeah. a number seven. Oh. Okay, well, give me the biggest and the smallest. I'm good. Here we go. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hope the biggest isn't like a beach ball size. No, right? no. It's 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 the uh, regular one that we would use, like, you know, um, we would use in the NBA. You know, we Yeah, I mean, when, the, when you played in the, in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> hey, speak, you know, speaking of, um, you know, hearing a lot about basketball with um, all of the March Madness things and so sure. forth, and, um, you know, the, the Hall of Fame, um, I'm not a giant basketball fan, but I, I love, I've always loved to play it. I actually played in leagues up until about seven or eight years ago, and um, that, that was kind of ugly, but, um, but, but, but actually, <laughs> the final score, nine to seven <laughs> yeah, after playing right. an hour. Yeah. <laughs> but one of my friend's father is in the um, Basketball Hall of Fame. Oh wow! Yeah, um, a gentleman that used to work with Springfield, Massachusetts. Me. Yeah, uh-huh, Springfield, Massachusetts. They donated a lot of things, memorabilia from um, his father's um, past, and uh, his name was um, the the gentleman that worked with me was Rocky Curlin out of. Um, Atlanta. His father was Bob Curlin, okay. and Bob Curlin was uh, seven foot. He was the first um, tall man in NBA. First real tall yeah. guy yeah. in the NBA. Uh, well, actually, never played on the NBA. He played college, and then he went on the Olympic teams. Oh. And then they did these sponsored teams where, like, uh, companies would hire them. Basically, they were employees of that. But right. they enacted the goaltending rule and being in the paint too long because right. of um, Bob Curlin. You know, oh, that's um, cool. Ch- check it out. You need to Google yeah. him. Bob Curlin at uh, K-U-R-L-A-N-D. Uh, amazing footage that you see there where he would just basically stand there and swatting those balls left yeah. and right and say, hey, we got to do something. So the goaltending rule and the uh, um, how much time you can spend in Three the paint was all rule, yeah. used to be called the curling rule. So anyway, oh, a little, cool. I like little basketball trivia along the way. and uh, But we'll tell you more about home improvement when we come back. We're so glad you're spending some of your busy weekend with Joe and I. And I guarantee you, we're going to provide you some information that you'll be able to use at your house right away. You're listening to today's Home on Radio. We'll be right back. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. You know, we're heard all over the country on over 350 stations. We appreciate each and every one of them airing the show each week, including WKBK 104.1 FM and 1290 AM in Keene, New Hampshire. Special hello to everybody answering there. We want to hear from you. We want to help you with anything you're being challenged with around your house. Pick up the phone and call us, 800 946 4420, or send us an email anytime. slash ask. Right now, we're headed to California. Jeff's on the line. Jeff, welcome to the show, and tell us what's going on around your house there. I got a ranch house built in 1953, and I've got original floors, but slowly but surely, the nails are starting to pop up, and especially with all the weather lately, I'm sure there one or two are swelling up, and I need ideas on how to replace the nails as they're popping up. I had been trying to push them back down again with a small mallet, but that really didn't help. They still are slowly popping back up again. So uh, I definitely need to replace. Um, I'm looking for options and ideas. Sure. Jeff, is this a, a tongue and groove floor, like an oak floor or pine floor? Pine floor. Okay. And is it uh, tongue and groove so the nails 
they're not nailed through the top of the board, are they? Or are they at a slant going in where the tongue and groove where the joints are? Uh, it, it would be more of a tongue and groove, so it's exactly the way you're describing. Okay. Is this wood floor on top of a wood subfloor, or is it by chance on concrete? Uh, it's above a wood sub. Well, that's a little unusual um, because generally, uh, boy, those nails get seated down in there really well. I mean, is it all over the entire floor or just a few isolated places? Just a few isolated places. Uh, I'll see what um, Joe says. Every now and then he has a good idea. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, well, let's see. We'll, it's eight, is it April? Yeah, it's April. So, yeah, every April I come up with one good idea. So you might be in luck, Jeff. <laughs> so what I would suggest, for certainly taking a nail punch and punching the nails in to hopefully get down to, let's say, some, some fresh wood down there that will hold it in place would be one thing I would think about. But also, you know, the cabinet guys use these very small diameter screws in a lot of the work they do, I would think using a few of those and maybe go up to one that's, say, two inches uh, uh, long, because assuming your floor is an inch, is a three-quarter, go through another three-quarter, and then a little bit more, so a two-inch screw, and you'll have to get a special little bit for the end of your drill. I think going along, since it's just isolated here and there, and drilling those into any of those areas, or remove the nails, if they're really loose, remove that nail, and then put this close by but not in the same hole and then secure it down like that and then after you get through with it then buy some putty that'll match any of those areas and you'll be able to find one that matches exactly and then real discreetly putty those up. Joe anything to add to that? Jeff so this is a tongue and groove floor that's nailed down and the nails are loose but you don't see the nails right because they should be buried within the tongue and groove joint or are you actually seeing the nail heads popping up through the floor? The nail head is popping up, but just just maybe a centimeter or two. Like you could, if you're walking yeah. around with bare feet, you can you can, might be able to step on and feel it a little bit. Yeah, that would not be good. And when you see these nails, are they? I don't know if you know what cut nails are, but they're are they like have a rectangular head, like a masonry nail, or is it actually? Um, does it have like a round head or like a regular it's nail? It's more of a. It's definitely more of a, a rectangle. Yeah, there's probably. If yeah, it's not cut, nails, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if it's not cut nails, then he might be using cleats, depending on when this floor was put down. If it's original, it probably was the cut nails. Either way, yeah, I've never seen, I'm not even sure how the nail could be popping up because it should be hidden underneath the groove. But in any case, yeah, if, if it's popping up, then the thing to do, as Danny suggested, is drive it down or pull it out. If it's only sticking up a centimeter, I'm not sure you could grab it, but if, if there's a way to grab it and pull it out, um, it's probably going through the subfloor, but not into a joist which is common because they put a lot of nails and there aren't that many joists. They're usually 16 inches or in your house, it might be even wider apart. So yeah, if you can drop, pull them out or drive them down. And then the screws Danny was talking about are called trim head screws. And they're, trim head, they're, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and they're tiny. You have to drill a pilot hole first and drive them in. But again, if you're not hitting a joist, I'm not sure how much they would um, help. Um, okay. I think I would drive in the screw nails or pull them out and then just live like live, leave it like that. As long as the floor is not actually lifting up um, if it moves a little bit, as you suggested, because of the weather, it'll when it dries out. I assume California's going to dry out sooner or later. All that should set should settle back down. Um, if you have access from below, you can always screw up into the floor to hold it down. But I, I wouldn't go to that extent right now. Okay, all right. Well, that's an unusual. That's an unusual yeah, problem, that's an unusual Jeff. Um, but as long as you can see the nails, then drive them back down or pull them out, and I think that's the best you could do. 
All right, Jeff. Hey, gl- glad you were with us this week, and I hope you have a great weekend, and hope you can get that um, floor uh, back back like it was. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Hey, going to the emails here, you can send us one anytime. Today's homeowner.com slash ask. That's what Gene in Texas did. Good question here. I want to install R25 insulation under my floor in a vented crawl space. Which way should the paper face? Going up to the flooring or down to the crawl space? It's amazing how often we get that question. I know it. Well, well because, um, you know, and Gene, I do appreciate you sending that because, uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of people put insulation in uh, under the crawl space upside down. Right, uh, I mean, yeah. you know, you got a 50-50 chance there of getting it right. So <laughs> so here, here's the here's the universal rule is that wherever the heated and cooling space is, which in this case is above you, the paper always goes toward the heated and cooled space. Now, that's not necessarily intuitive when you're down there and you say, well, wait a minute, the flanges on this paper need to be nailed to the joists. That's what most people think, and that's what it seems like it should be. That's not the case. The paper needs to go up so that you don't have a moisture trap that can completely destroy the um, insulating properties of that fiberglass insulation. So turning it up, and then Joe, tell them the rest of the story uh, when, when they ask, well, how do you keep the insulation up there, Danny. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the, the the stapling flange is up against the subfloor. How do I staple it? Well, that's the as Danny said. People think, oh, well, I just staple it because that's the reason these paper flanges are there. But then it's upside down, and you can't staple it. Um, obviously, so you just use what are called stay wires, which are just little. You can buy them wherever they sell insulation. They're little. They're wires, spring wires that have points on the end. You just press it up between the joists and the little pointed ends of the wire stick to the side of the joist and that's it. And it just holds the insulation in place. But Danny, what we often recommend for use instead of fiberglass is rock wool, mineral mm-hmm. wool insulation. Mm-hmm. And in that case, you can't put it in incorrectly because it has no paper facing and, and you hold it up with the stay wires. The reason we like it in a crawl space is that it's highly, first of all, great energy efficiency, but it's also highly resistant to moisture and bugs and everything else, fire resistant. So if if he hasn't, if Gene hasn't bought the insulation yet, maybe check out using mineral wool. Exactly. Got another email here from Curtis in Florida. Uh, We recently replaced an 18-year-old gas range with a brand new model. However, when we went to slide the range into place, it hit the gas pipe and now is nearly four inches off the wall. Not sure um, why the pipe is that way now. It wasn't on the old range. Any idea how to solve this problem? Well, Curtis, that is aggravating. It happens so much. And it's, it's that careful orchestration between you know, the um, plumber and the guy installing the appliances, which sometimes it's the same person, sometimes it's different. This actually happened in um, my daughter Chelsea's kitchen renovation recently, and it was a difference of a quarter inch. All they had to do is get it a quarter (laughs) inch tighter to the floor, and it would have gone back in. They had to go out, and really, to tell you the truth, all they did is tighten the elbow one more time. It was a... um, uh, wow. galvanized type of thing. They Just to lower it. One, it. Yeah. one more time, and then it, it had a little bit of play that it could go down a little bit, and it slid right in place. So that's the issue. You don't want to necessarily alter that metal that's holding it back on the back of the stove because right. it's here yeah. for a reason, but you can change that up just a little bit. You can, you know, if you have a flashlight and you look down in there, you'll see what's holding it off. Yeah, the reason that... Um, that pipe was in the way now with the new stove as opposed to the old stove. The old stoves didn't have as many features like convection fans and all that stuff. And they had a recessed void 
behind the stove at near the bottom that would allow you to slide it into place. But if he looked at the back of the old stove compared to his new stove, he'll notice that that recess is much shallower and sometimes shorter. And that's the reason that pipes in the way. So yeah, he's gonna have to, if it's hitting you know, more than an inch or so, he's gonna have to just get a plumber in there and have them lower that pipe. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Deitch Coatings. Easily roll on your new stone countertop, garage floor, and more in just a weekend with Deitch. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show, where it's time for our best new product segment brought to you by the Home Depot. How doers get more done. You know, nothing ruins the look of a freshly clean patio like weeds popping up through the cracks or seams in the surface. Trying to pull them up individually is extremely frustrating, and it does take forever, but spectricide weed and grass killers formulated for spot treatment of weeds and grasses on patios, walkways, driveways, round flowers, shrubs, trees, and of course along fences and foundations. Matter of fact, this time of the year is a great time to get a head start on a lot of those areas to make sure that the weeds just won't completely um, ruin the look of some of these areas. You know, it's a non-selective weed and grass killer that kills all kinds of weeds and grasses right down to the roots. And the formula is rainproof and only 15 minutes and delivers visible results as fast as three hours. And the ready-to-use spray is easy to apply. Just be sure to protect any of the desirable plants and vegetations nearby with maybe a piece of plastic or cardboard, something that will prevent it from getting to the plants that you really want to save. So for more information on the Spectricide Weed and Grass Killer, log on to Home Depot. Dot com. Boy, those weeds are growing like crazy, Joe. I know yep. up your way, probably not so much, but not uh, yet. Pretty and soon. a lot of a lot of the areas, those things are robust and they come they come out strong during this time of the year. They do, and that reminds me of a simple solution we showed. If you're spraying weeds, you put a funnel, a small plastic funnel on the end of the tip, and this prevents it from overspraying, especially on a windy day, because like they said, you don't want to get it on your desirable plants or other That's vegetation. A good idea. Yeah. So you put a little funnel on the end of the spray wand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good idea. Hey, let's go to the Today's Homeowner Hotline. Kathy's on now from California. Kathy, welcome to the show. So you're having a little trouble with one of your doors. Tell us about it. Uh, it's uh, an outside door on a shed. Mm-hmm. And it seems that the bottom half of it, I don't, I don't know what's going on with it. There's dark coming through and it seems like it's growing whiskers or something. It's kind of rough and <laughs> hairy. And, it might be because um, it looks like mold from the photograph you sent me. Sent sent um, us. I'm that, looking maybe at this that's photograph. what it is. Yeah, I think it probably I, is. And I'm not sure how to cure it or fix it or I don't is, want it to come back. Is this a a, a metal door? I assume. I looks am like not it. sure about that. Yeah, yeah, it looks it does like, look it. like it. Yeah, yeah. Either way, a couple of things to think about here, and uh, Joe, you and I haven't talked about this, but one of the things you know when you see that um, glass above it, you know, um, I wonder if if by chance um, some of the um, rainwater when it hits that uh, window, if maybe a little bit could be seeping even under the paint or behind, sure. and yeah. maybe that's why uh, only the bottom part of the door seems to have this black color, uh, and I wonder if that could be doing it. I mean, um, first of all, that's pretty easy. You can clean the bottom part of that window and then real carefully 
use some silicone caulk to caulk uh, along that bottom of it to ensure water doesn't get down there. But um, what what would you recommend, Joe, on um, to to Kathy as far as um, uh, refinishing this door and putting something on there that won't mildew? Yeah, I first thing I thought of Kathy is to scrub it with some oxygen bleach diluted in warm water. Oxygen bleach typically comes in a powder form, and unlike chlorine bleach, it has two properties. One, it doesn't evaporate as quickly as chlorine does, so it stays on the surface and it kills mold and mildew spores a lot longer because um, chlorine bleach um, evaporates so darn quickly, it doesn't work as, as effectively. And also, it won't stain your clothes or any other surface, so it's pretty benign as opposed to chlorine bleach. And you dilute it in warm or hot water, um, because this way it'll, it'll break down because it's, because it's a powder and it doesn't break down very well in cold water. So that's the reason you use warm water. Anyway, just use that and maybe use a nylon brush or a scouring pad and scrub that clean. You'll see it'll come out pretty clean. Um, you won't, shouldn't see any more of this black, um, staining, which I think is mold, but I'm not really sure, but either way, that'll clean it off whether it's mold or not. Then dry it really well. And I'd recommend sanding, just hand sanding the entire door with 120 grit sandpaper, just lightly, Wipe off the sanding dust, and then um, you can apply. If, if there's any bare metal spots, you'll have to prime them. But if there's no bare metal spots, then I would just go right over it with um, a house. It's usually called house and trim paint, semi-gloss. Um, 100% acrylic latex is the paint recommended because it kind of expands and contracts with the weather, especially on a metal door. I have a metal door in my house. That's what I use, and the, the paint's held up really, really well. So again, I think I would only prime it if there's bare metal spots. If you don't sand through and the original paint or primer's left on, then I would just go right over it. There'd be no reason to use a primer. Um, and then how do you prevent it from coming back? I'm not really sure. You just have to, you know, if it comes back, you just have to repeat the process. Um, and the reason you see it on the bottom of the door is because usually the top half of the door is protected somewhat by either a roof overhang or just the way the sun hits the door or the rain hits the door. You know, it's hitting the bottom more than the top. Um, but I think if you gave it a good cleaning um, and repaint it, it'll last many, many more years. That sounds good. I'd never heard of that powdered bleach. Yeah, it's, yeah it goes by the name uh, Oxy, what's it called? Oxy something? OxyClean. OxyClean, Oxy yeah. Uh -huh. And Ajax yeah. makes one, OxyClean makes You can find it in almost any. A lot, lot yeah. better than the chlorine bleach. Yeah. They, it does come in a liquid form now, but it's pretty expensive and there's no reason to buy that. So I'd buy the... the um, the powdered and then just follow the directions as far as how much water and, you know, but you'll see it cleans it right up and it. And again, it won't, if you get it on you, it won't stain you or burn you or anything like that. And, and how is the paint applied that you recommended? Well, I mean, I would just brush it on, you know, get a really good brush. I mean, ideally if you could take the door off the hinges, remove all the hardware and spray it, that's always the best, but I wouldn't bother doing that. I would just hand brush it. Just be really careful, uh, you know, as far as drips and runs. Start with the raised panels at the bottom and then paint around them and then do the broad surfaces. The broad surfaces you could do with a small trim roller and maybe then back brush it. Um, but, uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be like painting almost any. Of course, painting it vertically without taking it down is a little more difficult, but um, you don't necessarily have to take it off the hinges. Oh, that sounds good. My my husband takes a dim view of me with a paintbrush in my hand, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, tell him if he doesn't like it, he can do it himself. How about That's that? That's right. You can delegate it. <laughs> Suddenly delegate. he'll say, you know what, honey, maybe you are a good painter. Get to work on that. Do yeah. we need to send him a little note to, uh, to to push him a little? We can send him a little note. No, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think you can handle this. This door swings outward, so you can swing it out. Put some paper underneath it to catch any drips on the patio or whatever's there, and then uh, 
you know, paint, paint it as you need to. Well, that sounds like a good solution. I'm going to try it. Thank you. You're good, very good. welcome. Our pleasure. If you need, need any other help, just let us know. And uh, hope you have a great weekend, Kathy. Thank you. Same to you. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about emails. we got a lot of emails this week, so we're going to take a section of the show and answer as many of them as we can. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Tight Bond, the pro's advantage. You know, these days, a lot of times people just don't like the telephone. It's amazing how many emails we all get. And uh, heck, I have some of the guys in the office here emailing people right across the hallway. Hey, just <laughs> what, what happened? Just poke your head out the door and said, hey, you busy? But um, I don't know. It's part, that it's part requi- of it. That would but... require getting up out of the chair. We don't want to do <laughs> that's that. That's right. But that's okay. We love to get your emails, and, and it, it is a very easy way for you to reach out to us. Again, all you have to do is go to todayshomeowner.com slash ask. We're going to tackle a few of those right now, including this one that came in from Florida. Becky asked, we have Mexican clay tile in our living room, and we'd like to go over it with vinyl plank flooring. Removing all the tiles would be very expensive and messy. I've read that you can lay vinyl over tile, but the tile surface must be perfectly smooth. Our tile has wide grout joints and is slightly textured. Will it work? Well, Becky, we've gotten this uh, question before, and I've actually, in a real-world situation, have been uh, faced with uh, what to do on this. And I'll tell you, by the time—first of all, yes, you can go over the Mexican tile, but— it is quite a process to do it right because essentially you have to pour a floor patch compound, which is generally a self-leveling type compound, over the entire floor. Now, if the floor is slightly out of level in any way, that that's a very it's a big challenge with a floor leveler because it'll all move to the lowest point in order to get it nice and level. Um, it can be done, but uh, I'll tell you the cost of doing that, putting that in and then a little bit of sanding that'll be necessary afterwards probably is going to be more expensive than actually removing the Mexican clay tile. Um, It is messy, but for the most part, it comes up fairly easy because it's somewhat brittle. It um, will, you know, clean up pretty well. And then you still have a little sanding on the existing floor uh, in order to you know, get it smooth enough because um, vinyl um, luxury tile is one of the most popular floors right now, but it is not very forgiving. I found that out on a floor I did for myself. I thought the floor was perfectly smooth. I'm seeing a few little, you know, ripples here and there under the under the floor that transferred through. So it's got to be smoother than just about any other type of floor to have a successful, good-looking job later on. So I would say remove it all. Put up with the mess. You'll be glad you did at the end. Here's one for you, Joe. Um, This is from Andy in Missouri. It says, I have a problem with my garage door opener. Actually, the opener works fine, but the metal bracket that attaches it to the door has ripped loose so it doesn't open the door anymore. I'm concerned about putting it back on because the screws are short and will likely just rip out again. Any suggestions on how to reattach the bracket? I'll let you take this one, Joe, but I know you're going to say, be careful. Yeah, be careful is, is right. I, and if I'm understanding Andy correctly, this is the bracket that 
bolts to the door and actually pulls the door up. So That's when correct. That arm yeah. goes which, up, right. which is a fairly common problem. But most yep. of the time, it happens because there's some resistance, something. It's not. It hasn't been lubricated properly. It's not right. aligned properly. Something's going on there, and that's probably where he needs to start. Yeah, there's a couple of things. Either it's not aligned properly and it's just putting way too much pressure on those screws. Maybe whoever put in the screws stripped one or two of them, like drove them in too deeply, and they kind of spun out, and they, they look like they're holding, but maybe they aren't. But the, the solution, Andy, is really simple. Pull out those screws and replace them with carriage bolts. Just make sure they're galvanized carriage bolts. Obviously, you want to place the hex nuts on the inside, not the outside. Um, and you probably don't even have to replace all of them because now, in this case, you're bolting straight through the whole door. I don't remember, maybe Danny, you would know. I think to me, it's like, might be four screws holding it, even if you put in two bolts, uh, carriage bolts. And again, we're drilling right through the whole door, putting the, the head on the outside, tighten up those with a, I would put a lock washer and a nut on the inside. And this way, you're, you're, you know, you can't pull it out because it's a bolt going straight through. So that's what I'd recommend. All right, let's grab one more email here. Uh, Lawrence from Wisconsin. <clears throat> Hi, Danny. I have a very weird thing happening with my toilet in my upstairs or downstairs powder room. Every now and then, perhaps once or twice a week, the toilet flushes by itself. When you purposely flush the toilet, it works fine. I've removed the lid and peeked into the tank, and all the parts seem to be working well as they should. <laughs> Do we have a ghost in our house, or what's happening here? <laughs> He's got a phantom in his house, right, Danny? Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, first of all, Fluidmaster.com is just has the answers to every question, diagrams, and products that you can buy that'll take care of it. Everything is so inexpensive to buy in the back of the toilet. But Joe, what do you think on this? You think it's that little innocent flapper valve there that's got a slight, yeah. slight leak in it somehow? Yeah, that's what's causing it. It's, it's known as phantom flushing when the toilet just flushes itself. But it's flushing itself because there's a very slow leak that you wouldn't really notice, and that's why it only happens. What Lawrence say once or twice a week. And one other little thing, you might try some red or green food coloring, drop it in the tank, and then watch in the bowl. If there's a leak, you'll see that color drift right into there, and that will reassure you that all you need is a flapper valve. Good news, flapper valve, probably five or six bucks, and you're good to go. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. When we come back, it's Simple Solution Time, and also I'll share with you what you can see on the Today's Homeowner Television Show this weekend. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. Always so glad to be with you each and every week. It's amazing to us how fast this time goes when we're sitting here. I guess it's all goes back to that saying that uh, time goes by quick when you're having fun because That's being right. with Joe Truini is always a lot of fun, no matter if you're if you're doing a little project, if you're on the radio watching him catch fish when you're sitting back there going, <laughs> what, what, why am I not catching fish? <laughs> Whatever it is, it's still a lot of fun, and certainly to hear another simple solution, simple solution is always fun. What do you have for us, Joe? All right. Well, thank you, Danny. Here's how to kill grass and weeds in areas that you'd like to plant, like a flower bed or a garden or anything like that. And what you do is you lay overlapping sheets of cardboard. That's that's the key, overlapping sheets of cardboard right on top of the grass or weeds or whatever it is. Then cover the cardboard with you know, about a two to three inches of mulch or compost or anything and water the area. That's the other 
uh, trick to this simple solution. Water, water the area really well, at least twice a week, or if it's raining, you know, maybe once a week, if, you've had, if it's raining during the spring. And after, you know, anywhere from two to four weeks, um, the grass will be dead and the soil will be ready for planting. And often, depending on the thickness of the cardboard, some of it just, you know, disintegrates into the soil. And the nice thing about this is, you know, costs up nothing because you, I wouldn't go out and buy cardboard. I would just go to Danny's house because um, Amazon comes Amazon. every day. Amazon, I have a stack. I'm trying to sell it back to Amazon, but they won't return my call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should take it back. It's like the supermarket takes back soda bottles. Anyway, so what you're doing, of course, is you're just smothering and eventually killing the, the grass and the weeds or anything else. Um, and then if, if the cardboard's mostly disintegrated, you could just grind it up with a tiller right into the soil, and then start your planting. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's an easy one and love recycling ideas anyway. You can see more Simple Solutions by going to todayshomeowner.com slash simple solution. Also, while you're there, you can check out where you can see the Today's Homeowner television show in your area because there's a lot of ways that you can see the show both with our streaming platforms as well as our broadcast syndication. You can go to todayshomeowner.com and find out exactly where this weekend now you'll be able to um, look at a show there that uh, is all about shelving, the shelving uh, project that we did. It was a lot of fun. It was a pretty good-sized closet. It was a his-and-her closet and um, different um, needs on different sides of the closet. She had a lot of shoes and a lot of clothes. He had fewer clothes but needed some more shelving. We customize each one by using stock materials that you can buy at Home Depot right now. It went really well, and we came up with a few very innovative solutions to some problems. One, they had all of these laundry baskets everywhere. Well, fortunately, we found out the, the laundry room was adjacent to the closet. We cut a little hole in the wall, put a cabinet door there. You open the cabinet door, throw your clothes right through and they oh, land right great. beside in a basket right, right. by the washing machine. So real, real, huh. real cool thing there. And, and some other ideas that we have there that you can use in your closet. Again, go to todayshometer.com and find out where you can see it in your area. Joe, this is amazing how fast the show goes, but I um, also want to remind everybody, and we're getting so many emails in about seeing our show on right. different streaming platforms. Now, you can go to Xumo, Tubi, Freevee, Pluto, and Roku, and you'll be able to see the show. You can go to our YouTube channel. Um, the Today's Homeowner YouTube channel has many, many of our shows. You can also go to todayshomeowner.com. We have over 500 shows right there free of charge. You can look as many of those as you can while you're checking out some of those simple solutions, as well as we have our own channel on Vizio. Channel 516, and LG Smart TVs, Channel 476. So lots of different ways that you can, can watch the show. Um, of course, our podcast, you can download. We have several podcasts that go out every single week. Just wherever you download your podcast, just put in today's homeowner television. You'll be able to but a lot of fun. Hey, that pretty much wraps up the first hour of today's homeowner. I'm Danny Lipford, along with my buddy Joe Truini. Thanks so much for spending some of your busy weekend with us here at today's homeowner radio. We'll see you soon.